Hello, my name is Nyquia and welcome to the Scripture Stories and Strategies podcast, a Christian business podcast that brings together the wisdom of the Bible and the world of business. Join us each week as we explore a different scripture or story from the Bible and unpack its relevance for modern business strategies. Our show is designed to inspire and empower Christian entrepreneurs and business leaders to integrate their faith into their daily work. We believe that the Bible is not just a spiritual guide, but a practical tool for success in the business world. Each episode features a deep dive into a specific scripture or story, along with expert insights and practical takeaways for implementing its teachings in your business. Whether you're just starting out in the business world or are a seasoned entrepreneur, you'll find valuable insights and strategies to help you succeed in your work within our podcast episodes. So tune into Scripture Stories and Strategies to discover the power of the Bible as a business tool and learn how to apply its wisdom in your daily work. Enjoy this episode. Hello, love, and welcome back to the Scripture Stories and Strategies podcast. If you are new and skip past that introduction, you probably have no clue who I am. Well, I'm Nyquia, and I'm not only your sister in Christ, but I'm also your host. I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur with a few businesses under my belt, and the purpose of this podcast is to help Christian entrepreneurs like you infuse more faith, more of their faith in God's word within their marketing and business strategies. And I do this by taking scriptures and stories from the Bible and then transferring Forming them into applicable business strategies so that Jesus is always within your business plans, trials, and successes as your number one business partner. And also my ultimate goal with this podcast is to help you learn how to also use the Bible as your number one business or finance tool. So we're in the second episode of the year. So if you didn't listen to the last episode, happy new year. Um, so fun fact, right? Did you know that there are more than 2,300 verses on money, wealth, and possessions? Even Jesus spoke about money, roughly about 15% of his preaching and 11 out of 39 parables talk about money. It was actually his most talked about topic. So, okay, you're probably thinking or wondering why would Jesus focus so much of his ministry in warning or teaching about money? Or why does the Bible in general have more verses about money than any other topic? So see, Jesus knew that money is a heart issue for most Christians. And it is probably one of the biggest reasons for someone not to follow him or a reason for someone to give up on him. Now, I want to say money is actually important. Don't get me wrong, because money can be a powerful tool if used as a tool to invest in God's kingdom here on earth. However, it can be used as a seducer by the devil, which puts money in a negative light because essentially he wants money to be your master and you and you to be a slave to it. Like, think about it. The money in your wallet, right, has no intrinsic, intrinsic value. It's only worth what the government says it's worth. It's essentially morally neutral and powerless. Now, money is also important to the extent that how we think about it will impact how we behave with it and how we think or behave with money reflects our spiritual condition. So let me give you a personal example. I suck (laughs) with money, but I'm getting better, I promise. I grew up in a household where money was looked at as scarcity. So I grew up with a scarcity mindset with money. And every time I made money, I hoarded it to the point that, I mean, I even hate to say it, but I hated to pay bills because I felt like I was losing what I had. 
And that mindset actually carried over with me into credit card debt in my 20s, my early 20s, that I'm still honestly working on paying off until the, well, no, I paid those off, but like in my mid 20s, I, I, I racked up more debt, all right? <laughs> but that scarcity mindset about money even carried over to the way I treated my profit from my business. So I hoarded it. And I was afraid to invest it in others. I was afraid to give back to God. Uh, I was afraid to even pay for things that essentially helped my business run. See, I hoarded money not because I was afraid of losing it, but also because I envied how others around me had so much money to spend. So if I saved all I had or all I could have, um, that much I can have that much too, you know? So I was spending money I didn't have to live up to a lifestyle I saw others live that I felt I deserved too. So this scarcity mindset literally is a horrible spiritual condition where I'm being seduced by the devil's schemes because in a way I'm telling God I don't trust him to take care of all my needs. I don't trust him enough to tithe and be blessed back more than what I give. I don't trust him enough to give because I feel like I won't get back what I put in. I mean, I was struggling, right? I was struggling with my view on money and no one taught me, honestly. I mean, I love my parents, but no one taught me until I learned um, through reading the Bible and having conversations with God that I'm still having to, th to this day. Like no one taught me about financial wisdom. Nobody taught me about money management. Nobody taught me about budgeting. So I'm saying all of this before I dive into today's topic uh, because I want to remind you that this is why Jesus presented us with a clear choice in Matthew 6 24 where he says no one can serve two masters either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to one and despise the other so you cannot serve both God and money See, Jesus also knew that our relationship with, with God would be deeply impacted by our relationship and mindset with money. And if we worry about money, then like I said before, we wouldn't be trusting God, which means we're serving money over serving God. And if we're chasing after money, then it's doubtful that we're, we're chasing after God and trying to advance his kingdom. So as I'm learning more about financial wisdom and money management from the Bible, I am also learning a harsh truth. Sometimes God, you know, may prevent people like me from gaining wealth because he knows that it would do me more harm than good. So I'm not saying he isn't denying me, but he's trying to protect me. Uh, it's for my good, honestly. So at the time of having that scarcity mindset, it would have been so foolish for God to give me money because I would have hoarded it, envied others, been selfish, not giving back, going to debt because I'd spend more just because I think I have a lot. Now, my scarcity mindset isn't all the way gone yet to this day, and I'm really trying to perfect it this year and change my mindset about money overall and just really trust God over all things. Now, I know that was kind of a long introduction, but let's get into today's scripture that sets the foundation of this episode. So today I'm talking about, well, today we're talking about money. We're talking about 15 financial and money management wisdom for entrepreneurs. So as you know, I like to start off with a scripture that is relevant to today's topic. And today's scripture comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 5, uh, verses 10 through 16 <clears throat> and it reads he who loves money will not be satisfied with money nor he who loves wealth with his income this also is vanity when goods increase they increase who eat them and what advantage has their owner but to see them with his eyes sweet is the sleep of a laborer whether he eats little or much but full the stomach of the rich will not let him sleep 
There is a grievous evil that I have seen under the sun. Riches were kept by their owner to his hurt, and those riches were lost in a bad venture. And he is a father of a son, but he has nothing in hand. As he came from his mother's womb, he shall go again naked as he came, and shall take nothing for his toil that he may carry away in his hand. This also is a grievous evil. Just as he came, so shall he go. And what gain is there to him who toils for the wind? So let's break this uh, verse down real quick before I actually get into the 15 financial and money management wisdom tips. Um, So verse 10 through 12 is basically telling us that those who love money will never be satisfied and they will always want more. It also basically implies that more money equals more problems, you know? So you can refer to verse 11 for that. Or when you constantly seek to increase your wealth, you're also attracting more collectors of that wealth. So your uh, taxes, interest, people, etc. So then in verse 13, it talks about how people who love money are more greedy than content. And we should be content like the laborer who sleeps well at night in verse 12 because we did not eat until we were full, but the rich person did. So have you ever been full of food? It's not a great feeling, right? So in last in verses 13 through 18, it talks about how an owner worked so hard for his wealth, but never saw any of it come to fruition. He didn't enjoy it or do or he didn't do anything worthwhile with it. And it also talks about how he can't even take it with him. Also, because of a bad venture, he couldn't even feed his family. So today I want to focus on the topic of financial wisdom and money management when it comes to running a successful business. I'll be sharing 15 tips to change your mindset about finances and money as a business owner. And we'll be focusing on the books of Proverbs mostly for these verses, uh, which were written by King Solomon. However, there there also will be other scripture mentioned as well from other books. But okay, wait, I have another fun fact, right? Did you know that King Solomon's net worth today would have been around $2.1 trillion? He was the richest and wisest man to ever live. He was worth more than John D. Rockefeller, Mansa Musa, Andrew Carnegie, and um, Tsar Nicholas II of Russia combined. And those are the top four wealthiest people who lived at all times. And if you add up King Solomon's net worth, not only was he the richest king of all time, but he was actually the richest person till to the day of all time. So seeing that he could not have had this net worth without first asking God for wisdom and knowledge on how to successfully run his kingdom and build God's temple as the new king of Israel, I think it's safe to say we can take finance lessons from King Solomon. So y'all should know by now, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, that King Solomon is one of my favorites just because of how great of a leader, businessman, and how amazing he uses finances as a tool to honor God and his community while he was king. And you'll find a few episodes within my podcast that focuses on the works of King Solomon. Now, I know I talk a lot about the good works of King Solomon, what we can learn, but don't get it twisted, right? He wasn't perfect. And during the end of his reign, his heart actually began to change and it did affect his community. So I'm also thinking about making my next episode about how we can learn from King Solomon's mistakes while running his kingdom that we can apply to avoid while running our businesses. So leave a comment on wherever platform you're listening to this video if um, you would love to learn more about mistakes that we can avoid and where we can learn that from in the Bible. 
So I also want to say I'm not a financial advisor, nor do I have a degree or any professional experience in finance. But I can say that God has provided financial wisdom all throughout his word in the Bible. And we can use that wisdom to help set our businesses up successfully to earn revenue, make profit, delegate the profit wisely, and then give back. So today's topic of this episode, once again, is called Let's Talk Money, 15 Financial and Money Management Wisdom for Entrepreneurs. Attention all e-commerce business owners. Are you tired of working more just to convert one customer? What if I told you there's a way to have your website traffic and sales on autopilot? You can learn how to finally attract consistent and relevant website traffic from being ranked on the first page of Google within 90 days by taking my new SEO training webinar for e-commerce brands. You'll not learn only learn how to rank number one on Google within 90 days, but you'll also learn how to increase your brand's online visibility through search all around the world. You'll learn how to increase your brand awareness, you'll increase your website traffic, and you'll learn how to get more sales every day straight from Google search engine. See, a lot of people don't understand that SEO is your 24-hour salesman and Google is your boss. You cannot work on your business 24 hours a day. And when you're asleep, your website, your store is still open. And SEO takes over that time for you to make sure you're still pulling in leads and new customers every single day. It's also the most cost-effective way to get your shop found on Google, where over 90% of search go to find a product-based business like yours. So if you're ready to go from getting little to no traffic to getting consistent traffic, making no passive sales to making sales in your sleep, showing up on social media every day to less time promoting your business on social media and focusing on doing more of what you love, customers not buying from you because there's no trust, to automatically gaining trust from being on the first page or result in Google search engines, not attracting or connecting with your target audience, to finally attracting your target audience organically from all over the world with the right keywords in place, then this SEO course is for you. To learn more about this SEO course, you can visit www.themarketingprofit.com. Profit is spelled as in P-R-P-H-E-T dot com forward slash SEO dash training. Once again, that's themarketingprofit.com forward slash SEO dash training. I will also have this link available to you in the show notes of whatever platform you're listening to this podcast episode on so you can click and easily find out more. So, The first finance and money management tip comes from Psalm 24.1, which says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Meaning that as Christians who run businesses, the first thing we should embed in our minds is that God is the source of everything. We can tap um, into his source by simply communicating with him and asking him or bearing our burdens to him. He will answer at the best time for his plan for our businesses and trust that he has given you all the resources you need to be successful in your business already. Now, the next tip um, comes from Philippians 4.19, which says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Which means when it comes to... um, excuse me, when it comes to financial stability and when it comes to money management, we should not stress 
on not making enough money to provide for the necessities of life because God promised to supply us with every need according to his riches and glory that relate to our businesses. So this could also mean that there could be financial business success that he's holding back because he's still trying to build our our heart and reason behind our business. So maybe making sure we don't have any selfish intent or we're not starting business ventures for the wrong reasons, or to make sure that once our business does accumulate more wealth for your personal life, that we already understand how to properly use it and distribute it. Okay, so tip number three comes from Matthew 6.33, which says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. When running our business, we should always be seeking God and including God within all of our business plans. When we make money from our business, we should be seeking God on exactly what to do with the money we made from our business. You know, what should we invest in? Who should we hire and put on payroll? How much should we allocate to savings? How much should we give back? How much should we tithe? You know, ask God for guidance on how we should spend what he's blessed us with through our business. And because God is always right, we want to use the money from our business in a right way or a righteous way that's not only personal or leisure, but also helps our business reach more people who may need it as well as glorify God at the same time. So tip number four for financial wisdom and money management comes from Jeremiah 29 11, one of my favorite verses, which says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future so even though this wasn't speaking specifically to us right now we can still apply this to what god wants for our lives and our businesses see god gave you that business idea or plan for a reason there's a reason why he gave you the background you have the education you have the walk of life you went through the specific people in your life um, to help start and scale the business you have today there's also a reason why you have certain skills and talents over other people so trust that god has a plan for your business to prosper you and not to harm you trust that your business will you know help give you hope and a future for all aspects of your life as well towards others and then also trust that all things happen for a reason within your business whether good or bad it's for your good so don't stress on business problems because every problem is a lesson and every lesson is a paved way to do better and you can also use that as a testimony for other christian entrepreneurs on the same business journey you are or were on so number five comes from acts 20 35 which says in all things i have shown you that by working hard in this way we must help the weak and remember the words of the lord jesus how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive so listen in life we should be giving back and that doesn't always have to be monetary i can't stress that enough giving back within your business can be volunteering your time to help those less fortunate it can be sharing your testimony it can be giving a portion of your profits to a godly cause or charity it can be to set up generational wealth for your family to come it can be hiring godly talent and giving those employees the opportunity to use their spiritual gifts and talents to help grow your business in a direction you couldn't do on your own so i want to also elaborate on where it says uh, working hard because I don't think this means an extent of burning ourselves out or working hard to reach worthless pursuits, but I believe that it is, is intended to mean 
working better with our own hands to do honest work so that our honest work can be shared with anyone in need. And you can refer to Ephesians 4.28 to meditate on that scripture. So Proverbs 3.9 is number six, and it says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. So think of ways you can honor the Lord with the wealth you accumulate from your business profits first. Think about where your money is going and how it can impact the lives of others. So is your money only going to places where it benefits you? I know for me starting out, it only went to places that benefited me. I ain't going to lie. Um, or does your profit go to several places that give back plus honor the Lord? So like, for example, tithing actually isn't necessary according to the New Testament, but it's heavily encouraged. And honestly, we should want to actually give back to God because without him, what business do we have? Without him, what gifts and talents and experience do we have? Without him, what money do we have? You know, um, what business profits do we have? What customers do we have? See, it only makes sense to generously give back to God just because it feels good to say thank you by taking something we place high value on and say, here, Lord, thank you for this profit. And I trust that giving you this will only help me further, you know, my purpose for your kingdom here on earth. So notice we shouldn't tithe because you feel like you have to. And you can tithe any percentage of your money or time you feel in your heart is best for you. Not everyone can tithe 10% at first. And some people have well over enough wealth to tithe more than 10%. But choose not to um, choose not to and do the bare minimum. So, you know, ask God how much you should be giving back to him. And ask for a discerning spirit uh, of helping you figure out on your own how much should go back to God without a second thought. So number seven is from Proverbs 22, seven, which says the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is the slave of the lender. Woo, I'm very familiar with this one. <laughs> so basically meaning to make sure you get your debt in order. So it gets to a point where it's even hard to give back because your money goes straight to debt collectors. And in a way, they become a master to your income. So if you have business loans that you've taken out, you know, try to come up with a plan to pay it off this year in full if that's realistic to you based on the income that is coming in. You know, never borrow more than what you actually bring in revenue for your business. Number eight is from 2 Corinthians 9, 7, which says, each one must give as he decided in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. So, excuse me, uh, meaning when we are giving back from our business profits, we must do it because we want to, right? Not because we feel like we have to or um, because basically that's not genuine. So God loves when we give because we can and because we want to. And also knowing uh, and also know giving back from your business does not always have to be monetary, which I said re- uh, previously. So let's say you run a business where people ask you for, for your wisdom on how you became successful, right? You can give back to that community by giving your dedicated time and knowledge on how you got from point A to point B. And it can be in a masterclass style. It can maybe be a private Facebook group. Um, live where access is free to those who are interested you know so everyone loves a story of how business owners went from struggle to success and to some people that experience your story is worth more than money can buy so number nine comes from luke 16 11 which says if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth who will entrust to you the true riches 
this is another one that was kind of personal <laughs> um, to me starting out and fixing my finances. And we can easily apply this verse on how we manage our wealth and money. See, once again, I was horrible and I was unfaithful with the money I have been receiving. So why in the world would God entrust me with more riches? If I can't handle $1,000, why would God entrust me with 10000 Like, it's foolish. Like, think about it. Like, <laughs> back then, I would not trust myself with $10,000. So this helped me realize that I have to put in the work myself, too. I cannot simply ask and expect God to give me more money than I can actually handle based on how I've handled money before. You know, he has to teach me first. He has to place me through valleys. I have to learn how to use money the way he intended for my personal and business use. And only then will he start entrusting me with more or this is how I apply this to my personal life just in general when it comes to personal uh, financial matters so number 10 comes from Proverbs 14 23 which says in all toil there is profit but mere talk tends only to poverty basically meaning all works leads to some type of profit but if we're only talking about what we want to do with our businesses but never put that talk into action we're going to talk our way into poverty Number 11 comes from Proverbs 17, 16, which says, why should a fool have money in his hand to buy wisdom when he has no sense? So when we apply this to our lives as entrepreneurs, it's important to know that we are foolish with money if we have no financial insight. This was true in my experience and I'm pretty sure it's true for others. So we are foolish with money if we know nothing about budgeting, saving, or money management. We are foolish with money if we're not setting up the right banking systems and accounts to hold and disperse revenue to different accounts. You know, so before you even start your business, you should have wisdom on how you're going to handle the money from your business to fuel other parts of your business, personal life, expenses, giving back, saving, etc. Because if you don't have a plan and if you don't have financial wisdom, like I didn't, you'll make money and then you'll lose it very quickly and have nothing to show for it. Financial tip number 12 comes from Proverbs twenty thirteen, which says, Love not sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes and you will have plenty of bread. So this can apply to our businesses and, and as entrepreneurs on not being lazy. <laughs> See, lazy people love sleep, which is uh, which they'll spend the most of their day doing, which can succumb to poverty easily if it's a daily thing. However, if we keep our eyes open or basically being productive and actionable with our time, we have a higher chance of seeing, quote unquote, plenty of bread or basically more income um, to help increase our wealth. Now, number 13 is from Proverbs 21, 5, and it says the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Real quick, let's define diligent, right? So a, a diligent person is someone who is hardworking. So the plans of someone who works hard leads to abundance. But people who are hasty, which hasty meaning someone who is just wanting to get something quick. So in this proverb, getting money quick, no matter how, they just want it fast. You know, they'll see themselves surely come to poverty. So this is why I strongly suggest to stay away from get rich quick schemes when running a business. Because wealth is supposed to be a slow process, but poverty is a fast one. And nothing ever comes good from get-rich-quick schemes or always trying to find the next dollar doing things you don't even like or even agree with. Um, number 14 comes from Luke 638, which says, 
Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with measure you use it, will be measured back to you. So I think this one is pretty straightforward. When you give, it will be given back to you in the same measure you gave. So if you give with selfish intent or felt forced, then when it's then when it's given back, you'll receive it the same way. Vice versa, if you give from the love in your heart to give, it will be given back to you with good measure. And then the last one comes from Matthew 6:34 which says, "Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble." You know, I think as entrepreneurs, we can all relate to the uh, to the daily struggles that come with running a business. And there's different valleys we all face, whether you're new to the business world or your brand has 10 years under its belt. You know, there's always something new you'll need to learn in a fast changing environment. So uh, there will be profit losses. And that's okay because we're told not to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow isn't promised and tomorrow will have its own struggles. And we cannot add any time of our lives by worrying if our business will pay our bills, right? But you know what we can do? You know, we can place that burden on Jesus because he promised to give us peace. Um, He promised to deliver all of our needs according to his riches and glories. And if God is for you, who can be against you? So this security right here is a great reason why stressing on business finances and money is a wasteful, it's just wasteful and it's a waste of time because we're showing God we don't trust him when we worry about um, stuff like that. But what we can do in the meantime is just communicate our burdens to him as well as figure out what went wrong within our business. You know, what can we learn? What new financial wisdom can we learn from that will get us back on track? So, you know, the Bible talks about money because God loves you and he doesn't want it to harm you or your business. Rather, he wants you to use it as a tool to bless your business, family, others, and to fund the advance of his kingdom here on earth. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. And you know, I love to end off in prayer. So today's prayer is for financial breakthrough, financial wisdom and money management wisdom within running our God given businesses. So if you have the, um, if you're able to bow your head and pray, um, go ahead and do so now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for providing all my needs according to your riches and glory. You never fail me, even within difficult times. When finances are low and worry invades my mind, help me to be at peace, Father, confident in your blessed assurance that you will supply all my needs out of your rich abundance. Lord, I've made financial mistakes within my business. I've mismanaged my money from my business. My debts are out of control from running my business. But Lord, I know you can open a way where this seems to be no way. I pray for a financial breakthrough in my life right now, personal and business, Lord. Grow my finances, Lord, and bestow on me wisdom to manage your blessings righteously. Open my eyes today to business opportunities and profitable business ventures, Lord. Bless me that my credit cards and loans are paid off, Lord. May I be a good steward of all that you provide, Lord. Help me to not depend on money, but only on you, God, my provider, Don't allow money to destroy my relationships through tension and disagreements, Lord. Your word says in Proverbs 3, 9 through 10, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Your word also says in Psalm 118, 25, save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. 
I pray, Lord, that the greed of money would not entrap my heart, but I will only hunger and thirst after you and your righteousness. May I shrewdly use what you have provided for me. Help me to remember that I am blessed, Lord. I should bless others as well, Lord. Remind me to lend a helping hand to those who are less fortunate. In Jesus' mighty name, I declare my financial breakthrough is here. Amen. So thank you so much for listening to another podcast episode. It would really bring bring me great honor if you can rate this podcast for me, guys, whatever platform you're on. If you can rate this podcast, be honest. You know, I'm always looking at the comments and I'm so overwhelmed in such a good way when I'm reading your comments because it's your comments that help me really create more content or really create more podcast episodes. But, you know, I love to hear your thoughts on this episode or I love to hear your thoughts on how this podcast has helped you in general. I even love to know what topics you would like me to talk about next when it comes to being a Christian entrepreneur. So, um, but definitely take your time, rate this podcast, share it with a friend, um, with a fellow Christian entrepreneur and uh, comment down below and don't forget to subscribe i know a lot of you are listening right now and you just search for my podcast but if you subscribe you gotta do all that you know what i'm saying so every time i post a podcast episode it'll show up in your live feed on your podcast app so once again thank you guys so much for just sharing the podcast talking about the podcast commenting on the podcast rating the podcast and even if you just listen um even if you uh, you know because i know there's some people that would just never comment or anything i appreciate you you too. Uh, I, I appreciate how, you know, fast and how big this platform for me has grown in the past year. And I'm just so blessed. And I just want to say thank you. And I will see you guys or talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye. Do you feel that? That heat? That fuel? Girl, that's that faith fuel. And I pray you use the fuel and lessons learned today in this episode and apply them to your personal life and business journey. Feel free to screenshot this episode and share a business lesson you learned and will now be incorporating in your business. Don't forget to tag me, okay, at The Marketing Profit so I'm notified and we can talk more about how you're going to apply those lessons to your business strategy in the DMs. It would also mean so much to me to reach all the faith-based entrepreneurs who want to infuse God within their business journey. But in order to do that, I need your help to get the word out. I would love if you'd comment, rate, and subscribe to this podcast in order to help me reach those girls and share these biblical business strategies. Let them know what they're missing. Okay, don't tell them I can turn water into wine, but let them know I can turn scriptures and stories into applicable and action-packed business strategies. Thank you so much, Faith Fueled friend, and I will talk to you in my next episode. Have a blessed day.